Today on the Joel Klatt Show, I break down games. We've got previews, Maryland at Ohio State, Red River, and more as I wear this stupid jersey. College football has never been better. Interest has never been higher. I believe that we are at the dawn of the golden age of college football. It was an epic day of college football. It was one of those days where you fall in love with the sport all over again. What's going on, peeps? How you doing? Uh, I'm Joel Klatt. This is the Joel Klatt Show, presented by Hampton by Hilton. And yeah, I'm I'm wearing Matt Leinert's jersey because of a ridiculous bet. Now, before we get to this really quickly, you know what to do. Go subscribe wherever you're partaking in this wonderful show. YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a review uh, as well. Like and review it. Um, you can follow us on social, wherever you social media, at Joel Klatt Show. We've always got content out there. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joel Klatt. You can follow me on Instagram, at Joel underscore Klatt. And social media is where my esteemed colleague, Mr. Matt Liner, threw this out last week. If USC wins, you have to wear my USC jersey on your Joel Klatt Show podcast, okay, the whole time. And you have to see the number ones, okay? And on top of that, you have to say that you love all my content, content, and I am the best social media influencer you have ever met. I need that as a quote, okay? I love your content, Matt. And you are the best at social media. Well done. Who who bets and doesn't give the points? Like, can, can we just stop for a moment and just... Leinert throws the bet out on social, which basically is like you can't turn it down once it's on social. And he's all bravado. It's like, you got to wear it. You got to see the sticks. Oh, there, there they are. There you go, Leinert. Here's the sticks. There's your 11. By the way, you gave me a nice jersey. It's it's like one of these authentic ones. So I, I appreciate you coming through on that. And, and again, you're the best, Matt, at social media. And your content is so good. It's so good. I, I do. I would like to throw out a bet to you around a golf, no strokes because you know we're not giving points or strokes or anything like that for you know I don't know thousand a hole. What do you think, Matt? You know, just between friends, I think that would be fun, right? Anyways, uh, listen, fun deal. Love Matt. Uh, you can follow Matt on TikTok, Matt Liner QB. That's where you find him, and he does have a lot of. Uh, fun stuff there's no doubt and it's something that my wife actually loves the follow and she always texts me like this is what matt posted this is what matt posted and it's fun and funny and uh, i think that you're gonna enjoy it as well that was that was actually genuine so let's get into games though no one wants to hear about this stupid bet that matt threw out and didn't give me the points that's fine even though colorado covered I just just saying, Colorado covered. Okay, let's get into it. I'm going to be at Ohio State. Um, big noon Saturday is going to be at Ohio State as Maryland travels to take on the Buckeyes. Now, the Buckeyes are 19.5-point favorites, even though Maryland isn't undefeated. This is the latest Maryland has been undefeated in a long time. And they're just outside of the top 25. Now, a lot of us think that they should have been included in the top 25, but you know the voters had to include LSU. <laughs> for some reason, and I think that we know why. This Maryland team is very good, in particular on offense. Now, I, I don't know how great they are at the line of scrimmage, and they tend to struggle when they go to Ohio State. They play Ohio State fairly um, close, I would say, or tough 
you could say, when the game's at home. But when they have gone on the road, they have struggled in Columbus. This is McCord's first time back on the field since that incredible drive a couple of weeks ago. Remember, Ohio State had an off week after beating Notre Dame in that last-second drive uh, in Notre Dame Stadium. And I'm just interested to see where his confidence is going to go, where this, where this team's confidence is going to go after that win over Notre Dame. That was a heck of a win. It's and, and September has proven this out throughout college football, and we continually talk about it. It's really difficult to win on the road. Um, and they did so against a really good team, and in large part due to the fact that their quarterback showed out. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a full go in this game, okay? That ankle injury is a non-factor. He is back. He is healthy. I'm thankful for that. I think everybody is that's, that's, a, that's a football fan. You want to see the best players out there competing at full strength. So he is a go, according to Ryan, Ryan Day, with that ankle injuries. Here's something to watch in this game. As I'm pre prepping for this game, you know, I'm watching the, the Notre Dame game, and and. Outside of the long Travion Henderson touchdown run, that was a 61-yard scamper, by the way. That was the play that Marvin ended up hurting his ankle. The run game wasn't great for Ohio State. That run, I think, in, in, in large respect, really hid the issues that they had in the run game. If you take that one rush out, then what they were is 26 carries, two and a half yards per carry. Okay? So, that's something that has to get better. We saw that pop up in the short yardage. I've been talking about short yardage uh, with them and short yardage run game all year long. This run game's got to get better. It's got to get better. And, and I thought watching the Notre Dame game, even evaluating it afterwards, it took me a couple times watching it this week, and I'm like, you know what? Like that that run game is still not where it needs to be. They still only have 11 carries of at least 10 yards. That's the fifth fewest in college football. So they need to become more explosive. They need to do a better job, in particular when you're talking about yards before contact. You know that that's something that they're not great with. Here's where they have been very good, though. The defensive side, and in particular, a clear weakness from a year ago. Ohio State gave up too many big plays late in the season against Michigan and Georgia in those specific games. They gave up eight total plays against the Wolverines and the Bulldogs that were 40-yard plays or more. You come into this season, and here they are, and this Buckeye defense is yet to give up a 40-yard play. So it's a defense that's not only number two in the country in scoring defense, but they have yet to give up a 40-yard play or more. That, that, to me, I think that's a big deal because I thought that the big plays, more than anything else, the explosive plays, were really where they got hurt a year ago. They were a better defense than what the year prior um, uh the year prior was not a great defense. Last year, they were pretty good until the end of the season. They gave up those big plays, and now they have seemed to fix that. But this is going to be a stiff test because Talia Tungavailoa is the leading Big Ten passer right now with about 300 yards per game, 13 touchdowns. So they will be tested in a different way this week than certainly they were even against uh, Notre Dame, which was really a ground and pound and wanted to kind of take that, that game into, into a ground game. Uh, Ryan Day... 
and I have talked about the clock rules. We've talked about the, the limited possessions that he feels like he is now getting, the style of game that he's getting from, from the opposing offenses that, you, that he believes is, is completely designed to limit the possessions that Ohio State gets. And so they're having to maximize their offensive possessions. Again, two biggest things that I want to watch this week Really, three. Let's let's call it three. Number one, McCord's confidence. Where is it after that great drive against Notre Dame? Number two, Ohio State's run game. Can it get back on track? And number three, is Ohio State's defense a real defense, in particular when you're facing a passing game that can get after it? Those explosive plays are a big deal. All right, let's move on to Red River. All right, Oklahoma, Texas, Red River. One of my favorite games, by the way, whenever you you... When you do what I do, everyone always asks you, like, where's your favorite place to call a game? I got to be honest, it's it's always game-related, and, and you want it to be a big game. Um, but more than anything, it's it's unique. Unique games, unique circumstances that tend to afford an incredible game atmosphere. And this one is unique and big and all of the above. And I'm a huge fan of Red River. Huge fan of Red River. It's one of the you know disappointing parts about them moving to the SEC is that I'll never get to call that game again. You know, pending something changing in the future. But now we've got Texas and OU. I believe I believe in Texas. You guys have heard me talk about that now for the course of the last few show, shows. I'm a believer in the Texas Longhorns. I believe they're more balanced. They're better at the line of scrimmage. They can both finish games. With their run game, they can finish games with their pass rush. Those are big traits. This is a better team than they were a year ago. Last year, Texas handed OU a 49-0 loss in the, this game, in this matchup. You can't just tell me, if you're an Oklahoma fan, that Dylan Gabriel not playing is a 49-point difference. That, that can't be the only thing. So, OU is going to have to come in here and play substantially better than what they did a year ago. And obviously, we believe that they can do that. This is a this is a team, by the way, that has played really good football. They are somewhat, right now, one of the more under-radar teams in the country. If you remember in the preseason, I said if there was a team outside of the top 10 that could make a run, that lost a bunch of close games last year, that could make a run with with in particular the impact of the transfer portal on the defensive side of the football, I said, OU, watch out for OU. Well, here we are. And OU is a really good team. They've got great wide receivers on the outside. In fact, a few guys out there that I'm, I'm really high on. Nick Anderson being healthy on the outside. Andrell Anthony, the transfer from Michigan. Jalil Farouk. I like these guys a lot, okay? They can go. This Texas team also has guys on the outside. Look at some of the skill position players that we've got in this game in Red River. Xavier Worthy from Texas, A.D. Mitchell for Texas. Then you've got Farouk Anthony and Anderson for Oklahoma. You've got Jatavian Sanders on the Texas side. That's just on the outside. That's not even talking about a guy like Jonathan Brooks from Texas. Jonathan Brooks from Texas is putting together one of the more impressive seasons out there. This guy ran for 200 yards against Kansas. He's got three straight 100-yard games. And again, this is what makes Texas real. It's that it's not just about a passing game. It's not just about a quarterback or a wide receiver. 
they can get it done at the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. Two sacks in the fourth quarter against Alabama. By the way, neither one of those sacks did they have to blitz. Four-man rushes in both of those instance, instances. So inevitably, a game like this and an emotional game like this, it usually, and I've called enough of these to tell you, it usually comes down to two things. Turnovers and special teams. And I know even after last year's 49-0 you know, beatdown from Texas to OU, like turnovers and special teams. That's where we got Dicker the kicker. Early in that Oklahoma game, they turned the ball over uh, on the Oklahoma side. And so I start to look at which defense creates the most havoc and takeaways. Oklahoma's defense leads the Power Five right now with 10 interceptions on the year. And they're in the top five in scoring defense. So Texas fans, while you should feel confident, and while, yes, you're better than last year, and while, yes, it's more real than you've been in, in several years, the OU defense can play, and they're gonna. I think they're gonna make life difficult on Texas's offense, in particular when you look at the way that they're built. All right, Brent Venables likes to call the defense late, see the play call from the other side, try to be in the perfect play. But then they've also got Desan McCullough, and I believe that he's the key to a Venables defense because they want to be stout everywhere. Yes, they got to have good defensive linemen. I don't think they're quite there, although they're deeper than they were a year ago. They want to have good cover corners, although I don't think they're quite there. And that's probably the weakness of their defense, but they've got to have hybrid-style fast players at safety and linebacker. Desan McCullough is the Isaiah Simmons position. You remember how good he was at Clemson. That's the exact model that Desan McCullough is, the transfer from Indiana. He's a real key in this ballgame. If I were making a pick, I would say Texas is going to win this game, but 6.5 is a lot. Are you ready to take control of your health and conquer your weight loss goals? Look no further than Factor, your ultimate solution to eating better. Each Factor meal is always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. No more waiting around or spending hours in the kitchen. Just heat and eat. It's really that simple, with over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart. Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor ensures you'll never get bored. With more than 60 add-ons to help you stay full and feeling good all day long. Pancakes, smoothies, and more. With Factor, there's no prepping, no cooking, and certainly no cleanup needed. The best part? You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Sign up and save because we've done the math Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Eat better, feel better, and conquer your day with Factor. So what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash Joel50 and use code Joel50 to get 50% off. That's code Joel50 at factormeals.com slash Joel50 to get 50% off. Fuel up fast, eat better, and achieve greatness. Get started today. Hey, it's my favorite time of year. It's football season. And as you know, I take it seriously. That's why I'm wearing this jersey right now after accepting a ridiculous bet with Matt Leinert. But when I'm traveling on the road to watch my favorite teams, I can't risk 
calling the wrong play with where I stay. Wherever I go, I know that I can count on Hampton by Hilton. I can depend on their comfortable rooms and their warm and friendly service. But it's really their free hot breakfast that is a game changer for me. That's my favorite part about it. So whether you're cheering on your team from the stands or never leaving the tailgate, Hampton by Hilton will always give you that win. Let's move on. Okay, Kentucky and Georgia. This is a an interesting game because of what's going on in the SEC. If you listen to yesterday's uh, program on the Joel Klatt Show, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, go back and listen to the Wednesday episode of the Joel Klatt Show, wherever you get your podcast, or you can find it on YouTube. I talked a lot about the SEC and, and why these games this week have a giant impact on what this season is going to be. And whether this champion out of this conference is actually going to go to the playoff. There is a world in which Kentucky upsets Georgia, A&M upsets Alabama this week, and then those two face each other in the SEC championship game eventually. I know that's wild to think about, but there is a world where that exists. Now, whether it happens or not, remains to be seen. Kentucky is ranked number 20. Georgia is still number one. Georgia is a 14 and a half point favorite in this game. Should be noted, Georgia so far this year, 0-4-1 against the spread. They've played two power five teams so far this season. They've trailed in the second half in both of those games, South Carolina and Auburn. It's one of the reasons why now Kirby Smart is trying to come out and say every team in the SEC should be ranked. He's trying to build up his own schedule, which he knows is actually pretty weak and in fact, very weak. They've got some ranked teams on their schedule, none of them inside of the top 10, and in fact, none of them inside of the top 15 currently. So if you're a Georgia fan, you're rooting for Alabama the rest of the way because that could be a much-needed resume builder that you might need in the SEC championship game. Just an odd year in the SEC where they just don't have the depth, and, and frankly, they just don't have the quality. I'm interested to see if the dogs snap out of it. Is, is Georgia actually going to snap out of this and become what we expect them to be? Or are they what they are? I think that's a, a, a legitimate question because right now they're 62nd in the country in offensive yards per carry running the football. They're 67th in the country in defensive yards per carry. That's not Georgia. I've said it all week. This is Georgia in name only. This is not the team that we are used to seeing, in particular at the line of scrimmage. And because of that, they're going to be in close games the rest of the season. Unless they break out, unless they change and become more dominant, this is a team that's going to be in close games. They will have to make huge plays on the offensive side or else they're going to get beat. And if they get beat with their lack of, of strength of schedule, watch out. Watch out with what's going on in the Pac-12 and in the Big Ten. They gave up over 200 yards rushing to Auburn. That's the first time they've done that since 2018. And here comes Kentucky. And what does Kentucky do? They run the football. Kentucky's got Ray Davis. He transferred in from Vandy. He had 280 yards against Florida and three touchdowns. They can run the rock. Guess what, they, what else they can do? defend against the run. Kentucky's run defense has yet to allow 100 yards in a game this season. They've got an experienced quarterback in the transfer from North Carolina State, Devin Leary. He started over 30 games in his career. This is going to be a tough game for Georgia. I don't like that 14 and a half. I think that's too much. And again, Georgia 0-4-1 against the spread. Now, should Georgia win? Yes. 
They should win. They're the better team. They're the more talented team. But right where Kentucky is strong is where Georgia has struggled. This could be closer than you anticipate, in particular late, and then who knows. And then you're looking for Brock Bowers late, and that guy is the best tight end in the country, maybe the best player in the country, and one of my favorites to watch in America. Let's move on. Another SEC tilt, Alabama and Texas A&M. Bama's traveling to Kyle Field, and they are only two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Why? Because A&M has played them close in back-to-back years. I don't think that this is going to be any different. Even though I like, I don't think A&M is great, but I know that, that the Crimson Tide don't have a high ceiling. I love Alabama's defense. They've been dominant. They've been dominant. After that Texas game, yet to give up over 10 points. They've been really good. I know that they can run the ball. I like Milrow at times if they can throw the ball when they want to, and it can be via the play action. If they get stuck having to drop back and pass, they're going to get beat. Like that's, that's what Alabama is this year. And you're looking at an A&M team that is improving. I know they lost to Miami. I get it. I get it. But I'm looking at Max Johnson, their starting quarterback. He started 18 games in his career. It's a guy that can actually play, in, in particular, coming in off the bench for Connor Wigman. Alabama only threw it 13 times last week against Mississippi State. They ran it 43 times. Can they throw it? Who are they going to throw it to? They have one guy in double-digit catches, Isaiah Bond, all year. Nobody with 200 yards receiving. I'm just telling you, like, like, watch out. There's a there's a world where Kentucky and A&M both win this weekend in the SEC. They're not favored, but th- there is a world. There is a world, and that, that conference could be up against it when it comes to a playoff contender if that were to happen. Notre Dame at Louisville. Notre Dame is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. And they're again going and facing a ranked opponent. They're going to have to face another ranked opponent next week in USC, and it'll be four straight ranked opponents. Um, This is a team that showed a lot of heart last week, a lot of heart against Duke. I think Sam Hartman won over a lot of people throughout college football with his class, his playmaking ability, and the determination on fourth and 16. That was that was pretty incredible. A 95-yard drive against a defense that had played really well. Mike Elkrow's group at Duke had played really well, and he goes 95 yards, including a fourth and 16 where he's got a tuck in and run, kind of does a John Elway dive and, and gets it. I like Notre Dame. Estime is averaging over 100 yards per game this season. Already had eight runs of 20 yards. That's third most in college football. Louisville is sneaky, though. They're 5-0. and New coach Jeff Brom. This, this era is starting out really well for Louisville. Now, a few of these have been close games, including a 13-10 comeback win over North Carolina State last week. Uh, The defense did hold North Carolina State to 201 total yards in that game, so we'll see if Notre Dame is able to move the ball. Remember, it's been back-to-back weeks where they've been stymied by what we can consider to be quality defenses in Ohio State and Duke. Louisville is is interesting. They're very interesting. But again, this is more about Notre Dame. Can they consistently play at a high level? Can they go on the road, continue to play emotional football, even with the game on the horizon with USC? 
Let's go out west. Washington State at UCLA. UCLA is favored by three and a half. Interesting move there. Washington State is the undefeated team. Both teams coming off of a bye week. Washington State, big win over Oregon State. That was huge. And UCLA off that really tough loss to Utah, which totally stymied their offense. They came in as one of the best rushing teams in the country and couldn't do anything on the ground. Utah was excellent that day. They, they also, UCLA, could not protect their young quarterback, Dante Mori, through a pick six. He was sacked, I believe it was like eight times in that game. Meanwhile, you know, there's Wazoo, kind of this year's TCU, experienced quarterback, really good player in Cam Ward. They seem to have this momentum, this us-against-the-world mentality, obviously with the conference realignment stuff that went on in the offseason. And Wazoo's run defense did a nice job against Wisconsin. So maybe they can lean on that because they sure surely can't lean on the fact that they had over, what, 240 yards put up against them on the ground against Oregon State. I can't wait to see UCLA's game plan. This, this is the type of game where UCLA wants to limit possessions, they want to keep Cam Ward off the field, and they want to run the rock, all right? You don't want Dante Moore continuing to sit back there and have to grow up with pressure in his face as a quarterback. So what do you need to do? Run the ball, and I believe that they'll be able to do that. UCLA's defense, by the way, they're they're really good. They only gave up seven points. Remember, 14 total, but one touchdown was a pick six, so only seven points to that Utah team. Uh, LSU-Missouri. LSU is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Missouri. I don't understand that line at all. Their offense is very good with Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, but their defense has been atrocious, absolutely terrible. They've allowed 55 points and 700 yards to Ole Miss last week. They're the only two-loss team in the top 25. They have two wins against FBS teams, and one was a three-point home win against Arkansas, field goal in the final seconds. They gave up 55 to Ole Miss, 45 to Florida State, and 31 to Arkansas. LSU is not a very good football team because their defense is really bad. Really bad, which makes no sense whatsoever. Mizzou, meanwhile, is 5-0. and They've got three one-score wins. They seem to have a lot of momentum. And Brady Cook has one of the best players in the SEC and maybe the country to throw to. Their young wide receiver, Luther Burden, leads the Power Five and catches with 43 and receiving yards per game at 129. I like Missouri in this one. Missouri fans were all over me because I, I liked Kansas State earlier in the year. Kansas State is still a good football team. Missouri beat them. This one's on the road for LSU. LSU is not very good, and especially defensively, and I, I think I think Missouri wins this one. Last one before we get out of here. It's a linchpin for, for a team that we talk about a lot. I saved it till the end to just quickly say, Colorado travels to Arizona State. They're a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Dion's crew desperately needs to win this game. This game against Arizona State is the linchpin to get to a bowl. If you look at what their schedule is, they're it's going to if they don't win Saturday on the road, it's going to be really difficult to get to a bowl game because the other teams on the schedule they, they would have Stanford, they would have a fourth win if they beat Arizona State, and then they still have Stanford and Arizona. Those are two teams that I think Colorado can beat. If not, then all of a sudden you've got to beat Oregon State or UCLA or Utah, that caliber of team. And and I just I don't know if if Colorado can do that. Even though Dion would probably use this as as, you know, fuel for the fire. Um, if they play like they did in the second half 
of that USC game, they will win. They will win. I can't wait to see the young talent that emerged in the second half. Cormani McLean on one side as a corner. Omarion Miller as a wide receiver and what he can do. If Shador plays well, if they can continue to run the football like they did against the Trojans, if they do those things, then they should win. Then they're better than ASU. But this is a real linchpin game for them if they want to get to a bowl. All right, that's going to do it for today. It was a, a wild and busy week here on the Joel Klatt Show. Thank you for taking part with us. Remember, you can follow us on social at Joel Klatt Show. Uh, big shout out to Matt, Matt Leiner, although I just wore your jersey through the entire show and gave you somewhat of a genuine review in your TikTok, which tasted a little bitter coming out. Can't wait to play you um, a round of golf, thousand a hole, something around there. No strokes, which will be fun. It'll be very fun. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody.